to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Today, we're talking about the Holy Ghost Advantage, five advantages that you have now that you're filled with the Spirit of God. Today, it was really leaping in my spirit this week as we're taking, um, Pastor Ted announced it on Sunday, um, that that we as a ministry and we as a church family are going to be fasting and praying together. And so it was really leaping in my spirit to think about the thought. And it's a very simple thought, but if we overlook this, every single thing that we hold fast to as Christians means absolutely nothing. I'd say the simplest definition, and I can't remember the exact uh, quote, but I was reading this uh, book called, uh, it, called Renewal Theology. And it's basically like, it's, it's a very popular textbook that Bible schools use with, within their curriculum, especially, you know, charismatic Pentecostal Bible schools. And one of the quotes in it, talking about uh, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, not necessarily, the, not necessarily the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The fact that when we get saved, not only do we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, but in return, Jesus doesn't just, you know, accept us and then, you know, we've got a ticket to heaven. There's a transaction that's made. And when we put our faith in Jesus, we're not left with nothing. The Holy Spirit actually comes to live inside of us. You know, many times we'll hear, you know, Jesus lives in our heart. And that is true. Paul said it. Um, But that, in more of a metaphorical sense, in this sense, the Holy Spirit is the one that actually physically dwells in our body. Paul said to the Corinthian church, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? So let's not forget that our physical body, not our heart, not just our spirit, but our, our earthly body is quite literally the temple or the dwelling place or the house of the Holy Spirit. So this quote said something to the effect of, uh, the purest definition of a Christian is one in whom the Holy Spirit of God dwells. I'm going to say that again because that's so powerful if we get this. The purest definition of a Christian is one in whom the Holy Spirit of God dwells. You know, you could ask Christians all over, you know, what does it mean to be a Christian? Oh, it means following Jesus, or it means being a disciple. It means, you know, it means putting my trust in the Lord. And all those things, you know, are, are essential to Christianity. But if we break it down, how, how can we tell? If we had eyes in the Spirit and could see and look through a crowd, who's a Christian and who's not? What would be the only thing, the only difference looking around this earth? The only difference we'd be able to see is Christians live with the Holy Spirit, God, inside their physical body, and unbelievers do not. I'm going to read to you our proof text today. Uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin, if you've ever listened to him, always, you know, taught, and he would have what he called his golden text. 
and he would always go back to it if he was teaching on a subject. This is our golden text, so to speak. Um, John chapter uh, 14 and verse 17. Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. We'll start in verse 15 and, and end in 17. He says this, But if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and, my fa- and I will ask my Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. So we see that distinction that I was talking about. Because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will soon be in you. So remember here who Jesus is talking to. He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to uh, the, 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 the men that followed him around his earthly ministry. And remember that Jesus had not died yet. He'd, he, he'd not died on the cross. He'd not shed his blood. He'd not uh, forgiven, us, forgiven us of our sin, ro- rose from the dead. That hasn't happened yet. So there are no Christians on the earth at this time, uh, the time of which he spoke that. And so when he said that, he's saying, the world doesn't know him. You know him because he's with you, but will soon be in you. So what is he saying? He's saying he doesn't live inside your physical body now. Why? Because you're not believers yet. You're not uh, renewed. You're not redeemed. You're not purchased back from sin. But soon he will live in you. And so if we remember that, we have to remember the distinction that God makes with the Holy Spirit. Because, and I'd write this down, if you're, if you're um, taking notes on this, I'd write this down big and I'd write this down bold. And remember it and confess it every single day. Write it down like this. I am not like everyone else. I have an advantage. I'm not like everyone else. I have an advantage. What's that advantage? Being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. You know, Pastor Ted always, always preaches it like this. He says, if you have the Holy Spirit, your life should not look like those who don't have the Holy Spirit. If you have a healer, your life should not look like those who don't have a healer. If you have a provider, your life should not look like those who don't have a provider. So when the Holy Spirit lives in us, he makes a physical, he makes a tangible difference in our lives. It's not just like, you know, you hear, you hear some people, you know, go over the sentiment of like, you know, maybe there's nothing, you know, different on the outside. Maybe there's nothing discernible on the outside, but within I've got a, a treasure hidden in earthen vessels. But that's not the case because from the outside, you should be able to tell who's a Christian and who's not. And so I'm going to give you five things today that, um, that are tangible, real advantages that you as a young person will or do have because the Holy Spirit lives within you. Five things that you can bank on that as you go throughout your school, as you go throughout your day, throughout your life, you can know I have a major, major advantage because of this one thing. The Holy Spirit of God lives within me. Number one, what's the first advantage you have? Number one, I want you to say it like this. If you're taking notes, the number one thing is this. I can never be depressed. I can never be depressed. 
Well, you say, you say well, Alex, there, there are Christians that are depressed. Yeah, that, that might be their story, but I'm not, I'm not confessing what, what, what happens to other people. If I have the Holy Spirit, I have to, I have to come to this crossroads. I have to, you know, lay it out plainly. If the Bible says in Psalm 1611, in his presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand pleasures forevermore. In God's presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand pleasures forevermore. So if I know that that's true, and then I also know from the Bible that the Bible calls the Holy Spirit the oil of gladness. He's the spirit of gladness. That's who he is. That's his, that's his nature. He is joy. So if I know that in God's presence is fullness of joy, and that the Holy Spirit is the oil of joy, then me as a Christian, having the Holy Spirit live in my, in my physical body and being, as, as the Bible says, he shed abroad in our hearts, how then could I be depressed if the Holy Spirit lives within me? How can I have the oil, the actual substance of everlasting joy and also depression live in my body at the same time? How is that possible? But you, so, so you say, but Alex, I have these thoughts and it comes upon me and I, you know, and I just feel it some days. And, you know, like I, I'd, like to, I'd like to have joy and I know that the Holy Spirit lives within me and I know that I'm saved, but I just have these thoughts. You know what you do? You say those things that I just said out loud. Say them to the devil. Say them to that spirit of heaviness. How can depression live in my mind when the Holy Spirit lives in my mind? How can anxiety live in my body when the Holy Spirit lives in my body? And you start confessing that and watch how quickly those thoughts go. I promise you that. So number one, the number one advantage that I have um, because the Holy Spirit lives within me, number one, I can never be depressed. And be bold about that. Don't let anyone throw you off of that. And I'm not saying that if you have ever felt a thought of depression come to your mind that you're not saved. But from now on, don't let that be your confession. Let, let your confession be, I can never be depressed. It won't happen. I've ne I will never be depressed. It won't happen. I, I will not allow it to happen because the actual substance of everlasting joy lives within my body. So that's number one. Though others in this generation, that's an epidemic, it's a pandemic of depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, you know, it, it won't come on you. Why? Because you're different. You're very different. Number two, the number two advantage that you have because the Holy Spirit lives within your body is I have an eternal GPS for life. I have an eternal GPS for life. You know, GPS stands for Global Positioning System. But I remember um, whenever I would travel with my grandmother, who I call Gammy, whenever I'd travel with Gammy, um, you know, I'd be her co-pilot, meaning like I'd sit in the passenger seat. And, um, and, you know, back then they didn't have Apple CarPlay, so you'd plug in your phone. And I know this isn't like so long ago, but um, I, I know there's people that I know that don't remember when there wasn't. Uh, they remember when there weren't phones at all, but um, you'd plug in your phone and then have the directions um, 
And so I would help her. She would drive. I was like 12. I'd be her co-pilot. I'd be her passenger. And I'd give her directions on these long road trips, wherever we're going to, you know, to a revival meeting or to a conference or whatever. And I'd sit in the passenger seat and, and direct her as, as I saw that, you know, the uh, Apple Maps would direct me. But she would always say something. And I thought it was like so cliche and so funny at the time. But it, it always stuck with me. She would, she would always say, you know, GPS stands for Global Positioning System. She, she would say stuff like, you know, like the Holy Spirit is a GPS. He's God's positioning system. The Holy Spirit is a GPS. He's God's positioning system. And that's exactly right. If you think about a GPS, it tells you where to turn, when to turn, and the next step to take. And though others can, can run through their lives aimlessly go through their lives not knowing, you know, where to go to college, who, who to make friends with, who to marry, who to date, what job to take, what career path to take. That can never be me. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, which I'll show you one of my favorite verses in the Bible concerning this, um, the Holy Spirit lives within me. How can I make a wrong step unless I, unless I knowingly reject the voice of God. All right. John 16, John chapter 16 and verse 13. The Bible says this. When the spirit of truth comes, you can read along with me, but John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, Jesus speaking, he will guide you or some translations say he'll lead you into all truth for he'll not speak of his own authority, but whatsoever he hears, that will he speak and he'll declare to you things that are to come. John's writing that, and, and when he says guide and when he says lead, he's actually making a callback um, to the book of Exodus and, and the story of the Israelites in the desert. The way he says that is very reminiscent of the way Moses described how God led or, or guided or led through the people of Israel through the desert. What did he use? He used a pillar of fire by day or a pillar of cloud by day a pillar of fire by night, a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. Those two things are, are types or the representations of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he will lead you and he'll guide you into all truth. He'll tell you things that are to come. So look at that. If I've got the Holy Spirit, I've got a, a heads up on what's coming. I can't recount the amount of times in my, you know, short life as of now, but that, that I've been led and, and made aware of wrong decisions and right decisions by the Holy Spirit. The reason I live here is because of the Holy Spirit. The reason I, I'm pursuing the things that I'm pursuing in life is because the Holy Spirit told me. Every, every good decision that I've ever made is because the Holy Spirit led me to make it. He told me what was to come. The Holy Spirit told me to move down to Florida before we ever knew that we were starting a church. That, that's, a, that's a heads up. That's a heads up that God knew we were starting a church. God knew I would have to be down here, but he told me months and months and months in advance. Move down to Florida. Serve the ministry. And so I did. And, and I, you know, looking at all the stuff that, that God's brought into my life through that is, is amazing. So you can never make a wrong decision with the Holy Spirit 
unless you actively reject his voice. Unless you actively reject his voice. You don't have to make another wrong step ever again. You don't have to hook up with a wrong relationship ever again. Why? Because God cares. God knows and he cares about your life. And he'll tell you. So number one, I can never be depressed. Number two, I have an eternal GPS for life. Number three, resurrection power lives in my body. Write that down. Resurrection power lives in my body. And for this, we'll go to uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. Romans 8, 14. There was a man by um, the name of John G. Lake. And actually, Pastor Ted was teaching on this today. He's been going through this series called Secrets of the Greats. Um, lessons we can learn from great men of God who have gone before us. And so today he talked about Dr. John G. Lake, who was a minister was a minister at the time of the turn of the last century, I believe. Well, I guess that would be this past. But in the late 1800s, I believe early 1900s. I don't know. I think just late 1800s. Um, but he was incredible. There's this one story that uh, John G. Lake was alive during the time of the plague. And when he would go to these countries that were severely, severely impacted by the Black Death, the plague, which which impacted, it was the largest um, worldwide disease that the earth had ever seen and has ever seen. And so he would go to these places, and there's this one story of how he goes to this town where a large population of the town had died from the Black Plague, and they literally ran out of people to bury the bodies. Not only did they run out of people to bury the bodies, the way that the, the Black Plague worked is it was a pneumonic disease, meaning it was transferred through the breath or through, you know, through, through the air. And so when someone died with the Black Plague, a, a foam, a contagious foam, would, would form around their mouth. And it was still contagious even after the person died. And so when, you know, if, if that ever got on you, you were basically done. I mean, medicine back then was not like medicine today. You were, if you had the plague or touched someone who had the plague, you were basically done. And so he traveled with his assistant to this town where nobody would bury the bodies um, because they were afraid that they would contract this disease after the people would die. And they, it came to the point where even at that time, they, they so needed people to do it that they were paying people, I believe at the time it was $1,000 to bury the bodies. $1,000. And back then, $1,000, you know, it might as well have been $100,000 today. That was a lot of money. $1,000 to bury one body. And so John G. Lake arrived in this town and he said, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll bury the bodies. I'll do it. Him and his assistant started burying these dead bodies, which were still contagious. And he would, you know, he would take them, he would bury them, come back, take one, bury another. And the doctors of the town were so confused. They'd ask him a question. They said, Dr. Lake, what preventatives have you been using? What preventatives have you been using? How are you not contracting this? When everyone else who does that will die, you're still alive. He'd say... He'd say, my brothers, 
That's what's called the law of life in Christ. The law of life in Christ. And so he said, I'd like to do an experiment with you. I want you to scrape some of that highly contagious foam off of the dead people. Scrape it off, and I want you to get a microscope. Put that foam on my finger and take a look at it under the microscope. Look at the cells of the disease. And so they, you know, they were reluctant, but he convinced them. They did it. They put the, the uh, cells on his skin, and they watched in shock as when the virus or when the, the cells of the plague would come in contact with his skin, they would just instantly start dying under the microscope. Start dying. And they'd ask him, Dr. Lake, what is that? How is this happening? And he'd say again, this is the law of life in Christ. He also called it, he would call it the lightnings of God. This is the lightnings of God. What was he getting at there? He was getting at the fact that if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, if resurrection power, if the same spirit, and we'll read it here, but if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, he will quicken or make alive my body. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me, he will quicken my body. And so as Christians, we, we walk through life knowing disease doesn't run in my body. The cure runs in my body. Viruses don't, don't live in my body. The cure for viruses live in my body. I have resurrection power. The, the literal substance of God living in my physical body. And it's, it's so powerful. We'll read it here. I already quoted, but we'll read it. Uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. Cancer doesn't, cancer cells don't live in my body. The cure for cancer lives in my body. Literal resurrection power. That's a major advantage. That is a major, how could, how could your life be the same? How could I go on living life the same as I did before knowing that? How, how is that even possible? So that's number three. Number four, then we'll go to number five and pray. Number four, I, I'm going to say this because people, people usually take this um, as a negative, but I'm going I'm to show you how this is a positive. The Holy Spirit that lives in me can be grieved and will let me know. I know it's a long thing to write down, but the Holy Spirit that lives in me can be grieved and he will let me know. Or if you want to write it down like this, and I'll explain it, but I have a traffic light living in my body. A traffic light. What do you mean by a traffic light? A traffic light. When to stop, when to go. If, you're, if you've been a Christian for any period of time, you know that whenever you go to do something that is wrong, whether it's sin, whether it's um, obvious sin, something that goes against the Bible, or something for some reason that you know that you should not do. 
what happens? It's like a an immediate red light. It's like a kick to the gut. It's like a, a halt in your spirit. An uneasiness. Some people call it a gut feeling. What is that? What is that, that pushback that you feel? What, what's that feeling? What's stopping me from doing what my flesh wants me to do? It's the Holy Spirit. So the, the reason I call it a traffic light is because, number one, he'll let you know when to go, as we talked about uh, for point number two. I have a, a GPS living in my body. But also equally as important, he'll give you the red light when, when you know it's something you should not do. He is the red light. The Bible says Jesus said of the Holy Spirit, he comes into the world. One of the things that he does is he convicts the world of sin. Paul told the, Thessal uh, the Thessalonian church, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Well, what? that's kind of a confusing thing. You know, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. That, that lets you know right there that the Holy Spirit has feelings. He has emotions. And my life, the way I, I live my life, can affect his emotions. And that is crazy. That is a wild thing to think about. You know, we picture God as, you know, someone who's um, not able to be influenced by humans. But that's not even the case. God is, God is interested and invested in my life so much so that when a wrong decision is about to be made or is, is made, he cares so much that it grieves him when I make it. That lets you know how much God loves you. That his emotions are swayed by my actions. You can write that down. The Holy Spirit's emotions can be swayed by my actions. So when you make a wrong move, right there, the Holy Spirit, he's grieved. He, he's saddened. He cares. And so what, what does that do for us? It lets us know that any time that we step out of line or sin, he'll let us know about it so we can correct it. There's no way that you can go through your life as a Christian and be sinning every day, day in, day out, be on the wrong path, be in the wrong spot. A Christian who's, who's uh, tied in with God, listening to the Holy Spirit, you know, in prayer, in the word. There's no way that that true Christian can be out of God's will and not know it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit doesn't keep secrets from you. He'll let you know. I've had many moments in my life where the Holy Spirit has really told me, uh, you, know, you need to tighten up. You need to tighten up. You need to, you need to change some things. That was wrong. You need to do that. Don't do that. That'll be bad. And, I, and I'm thankful, I'm as thankful as, um, as for the, the green lights, as thankful as I am for the green lights where he tells me to go, where he leads me, where he guides me, where he uh, you know, shows me the path, he tells me secrets about the future. As thankful as I am about that, I'm, I, I'm equally as thankful that he tells me when to stop. Don't move forward. Don't do that. Don't make friends with that person. Don't take this, don't make this decision. Because it'll, it'll keep you from a world of hurt. And it'll keep you in line with holiness. So that was number four. And number five, 
Number five, um, the number fifth advantage that you have being indwelt or filled with the Holy Spirit, and write this down, there's nothing that I cannot learn. You know, Pastor Carolyn was literally like an hour ago recording a podcast um, with Tiffany, and she was talking about, they were talking about um, the verse of Scripture where Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will be your teacher. He'll teach you all things. And when we, when we think about that, when we take that as it's written, take that to heart, we know that there's nothing in this world that the Holy Spirit doesn't know, number one. There's no skill. There's no uh, you know, uh, career path. There's no speci- uh, specialty or um, field that the Holy Spirit doesn't know everything about. And if he's my teacher, there's nothing that the Holy Spirit cannot teach me. And this is, this is massively important for young people because, you know, if you've been connected to the last gen for any period of time, you've probably heard me harp on the fact that most of the time, and I'm not saying all the time, most of the time, young people waste time and money in college because they either go too early and they don't know what what to do or they're just going the holy spirit never told them to go they're just amassing a, a, a you know a ton of debt wasting time and so I, I i talk about that a lot but the other side to that coin is there's the holy spirit can teach me better than any college professor can teach me so whatever field that you feel to go down, whatever specialty you feel the Lord's calling you to, you know, obviously, please, if you're going to be a brain surgeon, please go to school. If you're going to be a lawyer, please go to school. All of that. But let's just, ta- let's just take, you know, the things that, that the Holy Spirit's taught me. Uh, graphic design. I never went to school for graphic design. Uh, video production. Though I'm not claiming to be the best, I'm capable in video production. I can, I can do... Uh, things with, you know, with tech, so to speak. All of that I never went to school for. All of that, you know, they don't teach you in high school. And so what's, what's the difference? Well, I, I know that I can learn faster and more efficiently than any unbeliever can. And if, and if an unbeliever can be excellent at graphic design, excellent at video production, excellent at, at filmmaking or whatever, if they can do that without the Holy Spirit, that I can certainly do it with the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that I cannot learn. There's nothing that God won't help me to, to become an expert at. He's my teacher. He's my guide. He's my helper. And so if you go through life knowing that, that the Holy Spirit is my teacher and there's nothing I cannot learn, you'll, you'll, spend, you'll, you'll save so much time, energy, money, from trying to go around, trying to, you know, get a college degree for this. Go to, if you'll just trust God that he'll teach you all things, he'll lead you into all truth, he will. And, and you'll notice a difference in your life. That's five things. If you, you know, wrote that down, I, I think that'll help you a lot. Because if you wake up knowing those five things, that as I walk through this world, as I walk through my high school, there's something different about me. It's tangible. It's real. There's something different about me that marks me, that makes me the greatest in every field, that makes me, you know, holy in life, that makes me uh, 
st- st- pick one path and stick to it. It's the Holy Spirit. It's God literally dwelling in your physical body. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, give us a greater revelation of the advantage we have with the Holy Spirit. Give us a greater revelation. Let us to see all the glorious inheritance, the riches that you have because we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I love you. Thanks for hopping in on the podcast. Share it. Share it to your story. Share it to a friend. Um, But I love you. Thanks for hopping on. I'll see you next week. Thank you.